the volume. Oral Sessions is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there's a contest for every fan. FanDuel, more ways to win. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Oral Sessions. I'm back. It's so exciting to be back. I mean, I was back already earlier in the week, me and Emilio. We kind of chopped it up here on the show, keeping everybody up to date with what's going on with me and the baby and life and all that things happening in the wrestling world. But today I am joined by a a buddy of mine from the Great White North from Tirana. Um, He's got a brand new show coming out August 15th, Sunday, 9 p.m. on Stars, uh, which is Crave up in Canada. Make sure to download those apps. You guys can check out the show. Heels is coming out, obviously wrapped around the whole world of professional wrestling. Amazing characters. You get some great cameos from some of your favorite sports entertainers. I don't have to say that here. The wrestlers, the wrestlers, you guys. Um, Stephen Amell is on the show. You guys may know him from Arrow. Uh, he was, you know, Oliver Queen for quite some time, then just jumps from one project right into another, both requiring him to be in impeccable shape. We talk about that on the show. But yeah, without further ado, let's get into it. Let's get into uh, me hanging out with my dude, Stephen Amell. do this let's just jump into it you're probably doing a bunch of media yeah are you do like in the frenzy of it now yeah so i've been doing long lead press so stuff for a lot of stuff for for germany for the uk spain uh south america all the all the long lead stuff and so yeah there's that and a bit of press today but today's mostly screenings like today we're doing a screening at soho uh, for industry and then we're doing a screening at uh, 92y which is like a ymca on 92nd street that apparently is a, like a cool event space oh awesome and then um bunch of press next week in la premiere and that's it although i was excited we had like a big day i, I can handle press when it's like if it's a video conversation, we know each other. It's interesting. See, there's Cass in the background. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> she's closed, uh, so we're good. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, I think she specifically just put a robe on. Um, but it got it got changed to all virtual because of the mask mandate in LA. So it's gonna it's it's just gonna suck. Oh, That's okay. Man. Yeah, it, it'll okay. be fine. It's all good. It's all good. Well, thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. I've been like wanting to get you on. It was like perfect timing with the show coming out. So. Well, and, and we haven't even talked yet, but congratulations. So this is through, this is with the volume, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's with the volume. It's great. It's so much fun being able to do this. I mean, this is like one of those shows that I wanted to do while with WWE and not really being able to execute that. So it's awesome to be able to just jump on here and be able to book whoever and say whatever and all, uh, all, yeah, just let, let it loose. Well, I mean, I've listened to Cowherd since I was taking my dog for walks in Toronto. Oh, shit. Back in, I want to say, I mean, he's, he was at ESPN. I want to say back, as far back as 2006, 2007. So I like the fact that he has a podcast. The only thing you got to tell him if you get a chance, the heavy metal, like music intro, it's just a bit much. <laughs> it's just a bit much. Like, I don't know. It doesn't seem like. What do you recommend? Was there like something that you think would suit him better? As something a little softer, like tell him to find something from like the 80s or 90s that just puts him in a good mood. Because he mentioned every once in a while that he'll have a cocktail when he's doing the podcast. So I was I was just thinking that maybe like, I don't know, think about it like his favorite, you know, song to have a have a drink to. 
Yeah, I feel like he could use like a, a very like he's a classy guy, I feel, you know, like I want him. I feel like he needs to like have like the cocktail, maybe like a cigar. I don't know if he's a cigar guy, but I feel like something like that with like some really classy music would really bode well. I actually figured when I started doing this show that I would be drinking while doing it, but I was pregnant right when I started. I am no longer pregnant and I've not started. Well, this is actually my first episode of doing an interview back. So I got to get the cocktails flowing. Not yet. Because it's the morning, but how are you doing? I haven't spoken to you since uh, since you had a kiddo. I'm great. Yeah, I'm really good. I didn't sleep that much last night, but who needs it? It's fine. I have concealer. Fuck it. <laughs> we all move on. But no, it's good. The baby's amazing. She's like it's. It really is that like cheesy thing of you can't explain the love that you have for this kid when you have your own kid, and it it's just that she's just fantastic. Love this baby. It is weird how your life just changes immediately and irreparably. Although irreparably sounds like it's a bad thing. It's not. It's just, (laughs) I just remember, and I I don't know your experience. I just remember the whole like, okay, uh, you can go home from the hospital now. And it's like, now what? Really? I can. And then on the way out, and I'll never forget this for as long as I live on the way out, we're in the elevator and I'm, you know, holding holding Maddie in the little, you know, the little up a baby car seat. Oh, yeah. That's the one we got up a baby, up a baby. There it is. <laughs> Shout out. Yeah. Uh, just in case we have another one and I'm trying to get free stuff. <laughs> Me too. Um, someone in the elevator just takes a look at our kiddo and says, Oh, she's beautiful. And Cassandra decides to make a joke. Yeah. We just found her. <laughs> And people freaked out. I looked at Cassie. I'm like, no, 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 no. Look at our bracelets. Like we've got the bracelets identifying us as the parents. The woman was ready to like pull the emergency stop on the elevator. But no, it's just all of a sudden you get to take this kiddo home and it's like, all right, well, here you go the next, you know, 20 some odd years. Yeah. You definitely feel like that gravity sort of hit you. And John did something similar to me. We were at the grocery store and I have the baby and like the little baby carrier, uh, the Bjorn baby, just in case we, you know, want a little plug. And, uh, the lady at the cashier was like, Oh my God, your daughter's so beautiful. He goes, well, I'm still waiting to find out if it's mine. And she just like stonewalled him. I'm like, John, like, you know, the way he is, he's very imposing. It's hard to tell if he's joking or not. So yeah, it it kind of fell on, uh, on deaf ears a little bit. I was like, for fuck's sakes, John. I've only met John twice. It was the last time that I saw you, which was after you won the AEW title before everything happened. Yeah. And it was just, it's just very like soft-spoken, like hi. And then the other time was that, Gosh, I want to say that it was WrestleMania 30. It was the WrestleMania in Arlington that he was fighting Lesnar. The idea of going into the ring with Brock Lesnar, who, if you've ever seen him in person, looks like two human beings, like smushed, two giant human beings smushed (laughs) into one human being. And I just remember thinking and actually remarking, I was sitting with Bill Simmons and Sal Iacono and Jacob Ullman, like this whole Fox Sports ringer team and just being like, let's, no one wants to go talk with, well, they referred to him as Dean. Like, no, let's not go talk to him because he, he looked like he was getting ready to go into battle. Like getting in the ring with, I mean, getting in the ring with Lesnar, is just, that would just be fucking terrifying. I passed him earlier that day in the hallway. Normally we would get to the building and we kind of go our separate ways. I was doing the kickoff shows. He's doing his thing. But I remember passing him being like, hey, how's everything coming together? And he was like, in the zone, he's like, I think I have to, I think I have to go fight Brock Lesnar today. And I was, yeah, it was very stressful, but they got through it. It was all good. It was all good. I got to watch some of Heels and what a show. How proud are you? I'm very proud. Tell me what you think. I think it's fantastic. 
I think people are going to really love this show. And I think like the more you get into the characters and you're mo- the more you're getting into these storylines, like it's one thing to have like all of the wrestling that's taking place in the ring, but getting that like behind the scenes peak and then learning about these characters. And as they're all kind of unfolding with, with Jack Spade and Ace Spade, Crystal, I'm a big Crystal fan. Yeah, Crystal's Well, if you're a big Crystal fan, then then stick around for the entire first season because she's um she might be the pivotal character of the of the first season of the show, or at least the big, big takeaway by the time it's all done. Yeah, I kind of gathered that by the fourth episode as like some things were starting to uh, shake out for her that, again, we won't reveal too much. But you can see that she's got other plans for herself in mind. And I'm excited to see where that goes. As I've been doing all of my press, believe it or not, I've been stealing or at least using and I'm going to give credit now a uh, Colin Cowherdism, which is that when it comes to this show, this is what he talks about when he's talking about wide receivers in the NFL, that they're the icing, not the cake. When it comes to heels, if you're a wrestling fan, by all means, jump in. But if you're not, the wrestling of this show, it's the icing, it's not the cake. The cake is the the relationship with Ace and Jack and Ace and Crystal and Jack and Stacy and Jack and Willie and Willie and Bill and, you know, all that stuff. There's definitely like a lot of like meat and potatoes here with the show as it's all kind of coming together. But yeah, I mean, it's something to definitely be proud of. How did the idea all come together? I mean, I obviously know that you're a huge wrestling fan. We've seen you in SummerSlams. We've seen you in AEW uh, and we'll get into all of that stuff. But how did this show concept kind of come together as you were unwinding with Arrow? It came together because I was unwinding with Arrow, actually. Uh, They tried to put this show together. Michael Waldron, uh, who is writing the new Doctor Strange movie, is involved in Star Wars and just just finished up Loki. Ooh, hell of a show. Yeah, really, really cool. Uh, Super talented guy. He grew up a big wrestling fan and he wrote all eight episodes of the first season. And then they tried to put it together and they were having casting issues with finding Jack and finding Ace and um, Alexander Ludwig, who plays Ace, was shooting Vikings at the time. I was shooting Arrow. And then we announced Arrow's ending and my manager got in touch with me. We, we were on the last season, two episodes, maybe three episodes into our 10 episode final season. And he just called me up and he's like, you got to read this script. And I said, what, like a movie? And he goes, no, a TV series. And I go, no. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just about to finish a TV series. And I hadn't discussed or thought about or really given consideration to what I was going to do next at all, because I, I didn't want to take my attention away from finishing out Arrow. I wanted to finish strong. He goes, no, no, no. He goes, there, you're going to get an offer on this. You need to read these scripts, at least the first two. It's a show about professional wrestling set in a fictional town in small town, Georgia. I said, really? It's about professional wrestling. He's like, yeah. And he goes, he's the lead or one of the co-leads. And I said, mm-hmm. And he's a, and he goes, yeah, he's a professional wrestler. And I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, shit. And send it and along. I got, I said, yeah, send it along. And I was doing that whole thing, reading the first script. The whole time I'm reading the first script, I'm, just, I'm like 15 pages in. Oh, shit. Oh man. I have to do this. And and then I got, I didn't even, I mean, I read the second script by the end of the first script. I just called him up and I said, okay, next steps. He goes, next steps is, uh, get your gear made, babe. Yeah. Next steps are, (laughs) we start negotiating, but I want you to hop on the phone with the showrunner, Michael Malley. And I had a great chat with him and I had a really good chat with Greg Berlanti who was trepidatious at first. Greg is the guy that created arrow and all the shows that sort of evolved out of that show. 
he said to me, he goes, Steven, because you're just about to be done this. You've been on the treadmill for eight years. He goes, don't go home with the first girl who winks at you at the bar. <laughs> I said, well, Greg, I agree, but this girl's beautiful. And I really, I really like her. <laughs> she could be the one. <laughs> she might be the one. And he said, we said, well, what's it about? And I told him and he goes, oh, well, you should have led with that. You should definitely do that. So I loved working for the CW and Warner Brothers television, but you know, 22, 23 episodes a year with commercial breaks and act-ins and act-outs, uh, shooting eight episodes for a premium cable network. It's not better, but it's decidedly different. It's, it's a lot closer to making a feature film than it is to what I was used to in television. There's a lot more boobs too. So there's that. I tried to get my butt on the show, but they're like, no. By the way, that was the beginning of episode five. You missed, you missed that part. That was the part that you missed. You're no stranger to that. You were in hung. You know how it all goes. Get it out there. That's, that's true. That's true. Anyway, no, they, they, they kiboshed it. Season one is season one is purely about Alexander's ass and not mine. Do you take a little like offense to that? Cause I think that's a little rude, honestly. No, have you seen well, him? He's a very handsome man. Yeah. I thought that on Arrow, we had found all of the actors in Hollywood that are taller than I am, but apparently not. <laughs> Meeting Alexander for the first time, he's like 10 Another years younger Canadian than I am. Another Canadian too. What the hell is Another up Another Canadian that? guy. I, no, not just that, but our dad, who's uh, played by David James Elliott, he's a Canadian as well. We just don't stop. We don't quit. That's it. The whole spade patriarchy is made up of Canucks. I like that. But yeah, I was very excited when when I met him and realized that he's 6'4", 220 pounds. I was like, that's great, guys. Thanks thanks so much. I appreciate that. I feel like anyone that was on Vikings must have hit that bill. I mean, that's like Edge, right? Adam Copeland's also a large man. Yes, he is. Did you guys bring on any um, consultants to get the wrestling right in the show? I tried to bring on Cody and to a larger extent, AEW, and just uh, sort of memorialize it that way, because I thought that that would be a good, a good partnership for a variety of reasons. I mean, just in terms of like laying down built-in advertising and the fact that they're on TV every week. And we never got a chance to do that formally, but um, we have uh, Luke Hawks, who, um, you know, I, speaking with Tommy Dreamer earlier today, they're good friends. And so he was there and they were there to build the matches I took a lot of what I've learned from my limited but really, really useful time backstage at WWE events, Ring of Honor events, and then All In, which was kind of like a hybrid of all those things. I watched Arn Anderson run a couple of shows, a couple of WWE house shows in Vancouver and uh, Victoria back in 2015. So from a consultant standpoint, they actually leaned on me pretty heavily. And if they asked me a question and I didn't know the answer to it or Luke didn't know the answer to it, you know, we had Phil CM Punk on the show. Ricky Rabies. He was great, wasn't he? Yeah, he was fantastic. That hair. I know. I know. It's so and great. That's all his hair, right? It's all his hair. It's just it's Jesus. just it's just his hair all all boofed up. <laughs> it's great. We would lean into him a little bit, too, although he was very much. And I think that it, this sort of coming up through the ranks in wrestling that on the show, it being like a television show and him being an actor, he was very much like sitting in the background as kind of a rookie. And I'd be like, Phil, what do you think? And he'd be like, oh, I know whatever you guys think. And I go, no, Phil, what do you think, please? Yeah. Don't get shy on us now. Thank you very much. Best in the world. 
And, and then he would sort of begrudgingly, quietly say, well, you know, why don't you guys try this? Because, you know, I figured if you're a wrestling fan, you're probably going to give the show a try. And I wanted to make sure that we, you know, acquitted ourselves well in that arena in terms of being faithful to the business. So, yeah, I, I didn't want to I didn't want to alienate wrestling fans that way. So I think we did. A pr- I think we did a pretty good job with it. I mean, at the same time, you know, occasionally they would come up with an idea and I'd be like, yeah, that works for wrestling. But let's also remember that this is a television show. It's got to be hard to kind of strike that balance, too, of like giving the the true wrestling fans what they want to feel like. You know, I mean, we know how they can be. Uh, and then, yeah. And then actually just having a television show that doesn't alienate people that don't know anything about wrestling. It's hard to find that balance. And now with there being several other wrestling shows, I mean, with having young rock, we've got heels coming out and now the new announcement that they're doing the, the Vince McMahon scripted. Yeah. The Vince McMahon scripted show and, um, and, and uh, Bill Simmons is doing like a multi-part documentary for Netflix, I think on Vince as well. Yes, Yeah. That will be good. I'm excited for that. The Vince McMahon show is sort of set in like the 90s, right? I think it's supposed to be covering the steroid trial. Can't we wait for Heels to be over so that I can play Vince McMahon in like the late 70s or something like <laughs> you that? You can't be Vince. I mean, listen, Vince I is Vince, Vince, but like, I don't know. I mean, not to butter you up, but I feel like you're a little too handsome to play Vince. No offense to Vince. I, I mean, it's That's good. That's fine. I'll take it. No offense, Vince, who's maybe listening to this. <laughs> Not to burn you. Um, okay, so you know about wrestling. The cast coming in, how did they prep to get into these roles to to learn about wrestling and to appease the the crazy wrestling fan base? I can't speak for everyone. I know that Alexander leaned on Adam quite a bit, Adam Copeland Edge. I wouldn't go so far as to say based his character off of Tim, but um, you know, really like sought his advice as best he could. They built us a ring on the soundstage. So a ring on one side, Jim on the other side. You filmed it in Atlanta, right? We filmed it in Atlanta, but they built us a full facility on the stages because of, well, I mean, I think that they probably would have done it anyway, but because of COVID so that we could all have a gym. So was that a little bit, I want to use the word sad for you that you went from arrow into doing heels and another character that you had to be in impeccable shape for. You just can't get a break. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I thought about that, too, because uh, I was remember being like on Arrow, all the training that I was doing was pretty much for like workout scenes and or the poster. Whereas on heels, it was like I, I worried. Le- First of all, I had to eat like a crazy person. To How many keep- calories a day you think you're eating? Like, what I was the meal no- plan? I have no idea other than I would just eat and eat and eat and eat because my natural weight is probably about 190 to 195 pounds. And I was around 220 when we were doing heels. That is not natural for me. It's very important to me to actually like look strong in the ring and look like I could handle myself. And also just because it it is it's a rough and tumble world out there in the wrestling ring. And I wanted my body to be able to handle it. Did you do a lot of your own stunts? Cause you did that a lot in arrow, right? Did you do that coast to coast? Did you really? I did. Of course you did. I set it up to do it and did, did the first take. And the first take I'm almost positive is, is what you see in the preview. Now I did a coast to coast at all in and had never actually tried the move. I mean, I I prepped it and prepped 
pushing off the ropes. When I did it all in, I was so gassed and so blown up that you see me almost fall. Now I make it, but at the last minute, you see me turn off to the side. I actually fractured my hip when I did that and didn't realize it. I got a note from Big Show, nice coast to coast. That looked pretty stiff. And at the time I felt like I was sitting on a tennis ball. Like I didn't know what was going on. So I did it on the show and we got it on the first take and I walked away completely unscathed. Like everything's fine. You know, the way that it plays, I didn't get as far across the ring as I wanted to. And I said, you know, let's just try it again. Now, retrospectively, it starts off with like the wide angle going across the ring. Theoretically, we could have very easily put a mat down in the ring, painted it out for the wide shot, and then just left it in. You wouldn't have seen it. So I asked for a second take and um, I thought I knocked the wind out of myself and I did not. I uh, fractured my T1 and T10 and L1 compression fracture. Steven. I broke my fucking back. What the back. hell? Oh, and it sounds a lot, it sounds a lot scarier than it is. Cause basically it's just, it's a compression. Like it's, I landed straight up and down and it was, it was one of those injuries that was incredibly painful. I think it was a shock to my system and everything around that area seized up. And for like 24 hours, I had a lot of difficulty getting a full breath in. And then miraculously, it was like those muscles relaxed. And this happened on Wednesday, maybe. And I spent Wednesday night in the hospital, but I was home on Thursday. I was, I was, I was back at work on Monday. I was handled with kid gloves, to put it mildly. Until we finally got into, I mean, I shot my wrestling stuff, uh, got back in, shot it. And towards the end, I had to actually go to our show owner and say, listen, you guys have sent me to a back specialist. I am cleared. If someone took an x-ray of my back right now, you wouldn't be able to tell that this had happened. And you guys either need to let me do my thing safely or or you need to remove me and make this 100% a stunt situation because people being cautious around me is making me overthink things. Like Alexander at one point has to give me, uh, he's trying to suplex me. And one of the things where uh, he picks me up and I do a backflip and I land on my feet, which Cody and I did back at the SummerSlam match. It's something that I've done a hundred times, but you know, we did it. And I said, did you guys get it? Let's do like, let's do another take. And they're like, no, no, we got it. We got it. We got it. You got it. We don't want to hurt you. And I'm like, okay, now I want another take, but now I'm, now I'm getting in my head. So I told them, I said, you got to let me go or we have to change it up because this this half measure is not working for me. FanDuel Sportsbook is hooking new users up with an epic summer games bonus. Just place your first bet on any summer game sport risk free. That's right. New users get up to $1,000 back in site credit if your first bet doesn't win. So to help get you guys started here a little bit. I got to stick with my USA men's basketball team. I'm taking them to win. I think they're going to do it. They're going to lock this up, call it a day, bring that gold home. God, I wish I was in Tokyo being able to cover these games. It looks like so much fun. Uh, Okay, but you guys can bet on any event, baseball, soccer, track and field, and more. First and foremost, it is so easy to use. If I can use it, you can use it. Being able to navigate the site is so easy. They really streamlined the entire process for you. Plus, it's safe and secure, and you get super fast payouts. You guys get paid in as little as 24 hours. Drop that money in, spin it around, put it back in your pocket. 
Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app with promo code Renee. That's R-E-N-E-E. And go for the gold today. That is promo code Renee. R-E-N-E-E. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Minimum bet $10, maximum bonus $200. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. 1-800-9-WITH-IT for Indiana. 1-800-GAMBLER for New Jersey and Virginia. Or visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia. Uh, And one other thing that I loved that you did was um, adding in the dip. The fact that you were dipping throughout was fantastic with the, with the chewing tobacco. That was a great, like what wrestlers not dipping, even though I think it's horrific and nobody should be doing it, but good nod. You don't actually dip, do you? No, 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 no. And and in fact, I do it in the second episode. It was called for a bunch more times in the show. And they'd be like, do you want to dip in the scene? And I was like, Mm -mm. no, I don't. It's disgusting. I want to get in the wrestler shot. You know what the wrestler shot is? No. Cody told me about this It's back in the day when the boys were driving from one spot to the other, you get the rookies in the back and they'd have the bottle of Jack Daniels. And so the veterans would, you know, pass it back to them. It's a shot of Jack Daniels, but in order to prove that you're doing it and not just fake swigging out of the bottle, you have to gargle before you swallow. Oh God. It is as disgusting as it sounds. It is revolting. I would projectile vomit 100%. I'm not cut out for that. Jack, maybe Jameson. Absolutely not. We did it after SummerSlam. We went and did some wrestler shots after SummerSlam. And it's just, it is disgusting. Oh my God. Um, okay. So your, your relationship with Cody, you guys are thick as thieves, the two of you. And you guys basically became friends while you guys were trying to put together this match for SummerSlam, right? Like you wanted to get involved. You wanted to step into the ring and you guys hooked up. And that's sort of the tale of the friendship of you two that now is so intertwined. You guys were doing a Monday Night Raw out at Nassau Coliseum, and it was mostly just getting an invite to the show. So I came out with my buddy Drew that you know. Cody was like, I just talked with Vince, and I got it approved that I get to uh, hiss at you when I come out for my match. So he was doing a Stardust gimmick, and so he hissed at me, and I did the whole, you know, I'm coming at you type thing, and he cowered. And then I put it on social media, and the next thing you know, we got a, we had a, we had a match going. The match in and of itself was pretty nerve wracking, but the, the most nerve wracking element of that personally was there was a show, not Bellingham. It was, it was just outside of just about an hour North of Seattle. You guys were doing a Monday night raw. So I had been with Cody that Saturday in Victoria, uh, working on stuff in the ring. And that Sunday in Vancouver, working on stuff in the ring, I was saying like Arn Anderson, Kofi, big show, Biggie, all these guys were super, 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 super helpful. Well, you were very into it, which obviously helped. I mean, they could see it. the fact that you were out doing house shows and like you were putting in the real work to be ready for this match. You weren't just coming in as like the celebrity to do the thing. You were invested. To me, the, the biggest thing, apparently, according to Cody, was I just changed in the locker room with the boys. They're like, <laughs> he's like, it went a long way. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, but in Everett, Washington, so, so Cody... He did a run in and, uh, and then he, you know, goes, he confronts me, face washes me. That didn't happen until hour three of the show. I realized that I'm hopping the barricade and jumping into the ring, but I had been doing it early shorts. And now I'm wearing like khakis. I was like, Oh my, am I going to rip my pants? <laughs> I actually went into the bowels of the arena 
and like practiced running and jumping in these pants. So I'm sure somebody saw me and was like, what the fuck is this person doing? <laughs> I was big into jumping up onto the apron and Road Dog, who was producing this event, was like, yeah, you can't jump in the ring. You can't jump in the ring. Well, why not? Well, if you miss the first step and you fall, you don't have a match at SummerSlam because it's, it's canceled. It's done. And I go, okay, great. So yeah, so I finally did that. And I, I mean, I'll never forget that experience ever. I jumped in the ring tackled Cody. And I remember road dog saying, you know, he knows he's a big boy. He knows how to take a hit. So lay your shoulder into him. And then when I got on top of him, I was putting the forearms in cause he didn't want me to like break my knuckles. He goes, and try to get the, try to get those through, try to get them through. It's his job to cover up. Cause, because if, you know, if you, if you slip one through and you cut him, that's, that's real good for us. And I'm like, okay. But then I got backstage and I had to do this segment with Neville and Hunter and the adrenaline that kicked in, my mouth was so dry that I couldn't even, I couldn't swallow. Like, I quit. But I felt like like Jim Carrey and, and like me, myself, and Irene. Like, <laughs> like that. Teeth? Yeah. yeah, that's how I felt. And, and so they finally got me some water and I did. But that was, I mean, that was just, that was just such an amazing experience and just so cool. So yeah, so, so Cody and I stayed friends and then, he did some stuff on Arrow and, you know, that was all during, during his run on the indie circuits. And yeah, just, we stayed in touch. We did, a, I, I, I came and, and did stuff with him, became an honorary or just a member of the Bullet Club at a Ring of Honor show in San Antonio. And um, since then, we've just been going for it. And I'm hoping, you know, hopefully, um, you know, if the show takes off or, or hits right, then I can... I can do something with AEW, although I got to tell you, I'm I'm straight up flirting with divorce if I get back in the oh, ring. Oh, shit. Cass is not having it. Well, welcome to my world. Damn. I mean, I knew what I was getting into, to be fair, but still, I feel her. The problem is, is that she came to the she came to the, the Ring of Honor match that I did in San Antonio, where the first thing that I do is I go in and I think I gave it was either. It was either Christopher Daniels or, or, or Frankie. How do you say is that? Kazarian? Kazarian. Kazarian. Yeah. It was like a six versus five tag match. And I was giving him an RKO. Never tried it before. Did it. So it was just get in the ring. Crowd pops. Come out of the ring. I turned to Matt of the Young Bucks. And I went and I looked at him. I went, am I bleeding? And he went, no, why? And I said, because I can't feel anything from the tip of my head down to the tops of my shoulders. And it feels like there is steam coming off of my ears. I jacked up my neck so badly doing this. So Cass has witnessed this. She's witnessed the, the fracture of the hip. She's, you know, is, is the first, the first call that gets made when I do the stunt and hurt my back. So, you know, the one thing that I'll say is that, is that I actually have a lot more ring experience now that I have when I've been actually doing these matches. So hopefully we can figure out some type of angle to run with Cody where maybe, maybe it's, it's, it's someone else getting the heat. Maybe it's me. That's, that's laying the beating. You definitely got to work around that. I feel like you've earned those stripes at this point that you can, you can pull that off a little bit more now. And Hey, I haven't had a chance to ask you how, how is, um, how has it been since you've transitioned away from, from WWE? There's things that I miss, of course, I don't want to say that I don't miss the job. Of course, there's aspects of that that I miss, but it's missing all the people. You know, you spend that much time, eight years with everyone on the road as often as we were. I mean, you spend eight years traveling for Raw, for SmackDown, for pay-per-views. I mean, 
that's a lot of time in cars with people, time in hotel bars with people, like all that time that you really spend together. And then you take yourself out of that situation and you're like, do I not have any friends anymore? It's such a trip. I mean, obviously I stay in touch with everybody, but it's not the same as being able to just like casually hang out by the ring and see people and, you know, talk shit after the show, all that, like the the fun aspect that comes from doing a show together. I do miss doing that because now I'm just like on my own island doing my own thing, but it's cool. And you know, the timing of things, I mean, for me, looking at the way that things have shaken out, especially with WWE in the past year, I'm really glad that I left when I did. I obviously made a, a bunch of friends there, not I certainly wasn't on the road for eight years, but a couple of people that I've just been in touch with and I'd be like, I, you know, how are things? And, and they're like, yeah, I'm not with the company anymore. Yeah, I know. It's it's crazy how that's all happened. Because even when they, it's like the mass firings, you're like, wait, so who got let go? Who didn't? You almost like don't even want to check. So you're like, was that real? Did that actually happen? You like see it on the dirt sheets or whatever. Um, speaking of the dirt sheets, um, your friend Ricky Rabies, is he going to be all elite? What are your thoughts? That's CM Punk, by the way, for people that don't know. I texted him. I said, you coming back? He sent me back a photo of a cat shrugging. <laughs> like a gif of a cat going, mm-hmm. he obviously saw the red notification and he sends me a note like two hours later, like, come on, that deserved a response. That's a good photo. And I'm like, well, how about an answer? And he, he, didn't, he didn't say anything. So I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, I see him just working out on his Instagram videos. I mean, he doesn't mess around in the gym. That's for sure. Two things. Number one, and this, I think this kind of goes without saying, he can still go like Phil can still go for sure. Again, I can't speak for him, but just the impression that I got was that he was very much at peace with not being involved in the business. But I think that being in the business, there's more to it than just, do you want to bump? Do you want, do you want to, do you want to get in the ring? And the landscape has changed. If you went and you asked a wrestler, like, do you want to be in the business anymore? And they're like, no, I'm good. I've done my time. Okay. Well, what if we could drop you right in the middle of the Monday night wars? Would you want to be in the business then? And they'd be like, yep. I think that, you know, AEW, whether or not he ends up there or Brian ends up there or whether they both end up in the WWE one way or the other, AEW has done its job from my perspective, because it served the pot. Don't tell Cody this, but for me, like the ultimate match for my money is probably Phil versus Triple H at Mania. Just give it to me. Just hook it to my veins. Just give it to me. I want it. I I want it. I want it. I want it. I think a lot of people probably agree with you on that, but I think no matter what, I think people are just clamoring for the idea of that music to hit CM Punk to come out. I don't think it matters. Not that it doesn't matter where it is, but the fact if he were to put on some boots and put on some trunks again and get in the ring and start working, I think people are just going to lose their shit. Did you know him prior to him coming in to do heels? No, no, I didn't. He was gone from the WWE when I did my stuff. So, um, you know, for for me, the the barometer is always uh, Cody. When I learned that Phil was interested or that they were interested in him, of course, get in touch with Cody. And then I'm like, you know, he's like, couldn't be a nicer guy. And he was right. The cast was getting together because, you know, we didn't have anyone else to hang out with. (laughs) when we were filming and I was like, Hey guys, you got to check this out. And I played them his match against John Cena when it was like, he he was, he was, if he won, he was leaving the company at midnight, but he got the hometown pop. And I'm like, you're about to watch the greatest, like greatest hometown reaction that any wrestler has ever got ever. And this guy's going to be on our show. And they were just like mystified by the match, just enchanted. 
it's really fun getting to introduce people to wrestling through things like that, that like that blows their mind that they're like, wait, this person is so just to have the fan base of somebody like CM Punk and yeah, to see him with a crowd like that, like it blows people's minds. I remember having my family come down to WrestleMania and, uh, and I was like so excited for them to watch John have his match. Cause my family didn't really know that much about wrestling. So for them to come out and like hear a WrestleMania crowd pop for John was so cool for them to like be able to be a part of that and to like understand wrestling a little bit or like respect it more. Yeah, but the latter match, the latter match was the curtain jerker. I think it was the Santa Clara show, which is funny because it was it was on the pre-show. No, that's no, that's in Santa Clara. That was when he busted his head open with Brody. I'm pretty sure in the latter match for the IC title. So I'm going to tell you this. It was the first match in Santa Clara. It was sunny and crazy. It was for the IC strap. Brian Danielson won it. The next year, they also opened with the ladder. And that's when Cody pulled out the polka dot. Because I was, I was four feet away from him sitting in the front, sitting in the front row for maybe the greatest, one of the greatest experiences of my entire life. Because I got to take my buddy Zacco. And it's like, it's WrestleMania. And we're walking out during America the Beautiful, not knowing where our seats are yet. We're just being escorted. And all of a sudden, like, I see where they're taking us. They took us, like, front row behind the announce table. But Cody was telling me during the match that your family was there for John, you can see after he bumps and, and goes through the ladder, you can see Cody slide his hand underneath John's head to see that his skull was still properly attached. Because, yeah. Did he hurt himself? Was that bad? He gashed his head open real good. We were doing the pre-show up at like the very top of the stadium. And I'm trying to like wind my way back through the stadium, trying to find him. And I remember passing Brian and Brian was like, he's fine. He's fine. But like my thing is anytime I see John and I think he's remotely hurt, he like overstates that he's okay. And I'm like, you're full of shit, liar. I think that one of the things that fans don't know too is being there before the show and, and watching the guys talk about the match. They realize that in a stadium show like that, your basic ladder just won't do. No, they're like, they're like 30 feet high. They're huge. They're, they're way bigger. We do a lot. We do a ladder match in the, in the first season of heels. And I got to tell you, just just a basic ladder, just being at the top of a basic ladder when you're already three or four feet elevated because you're in the ring, looking down at the fans in the first row, you have no concept of how high you are. No concept at all. It, yeah, John always says like don't climb the don't climb the ladder during rehearsals because you'll psych yourself out. I can see that for sure. Um, okay, so really quickly, uh, we're wrapping up on time here. But who, in your opinion, speaking of heels, is the best heel in the business right now? I don't know how much you're watching everything right now, so if you can't draw from that, we'll just go best heels in general. Roman's pretty good right now. Triple H gets a lot of love from me. His first like his heel run when he became like the game. He basically had to take the reins for, for a little bit. He turned himself into a monster heel. I think maybe the greatest heel of all time is like the original incarnation of Stone Cold. Cause it was, it's, it's sort of the very definition of like, he just didn't give a shit, you know, like even Austin 316, I'm sure that that's something that they looked at, but I mean, people forget that like he's mocking Jake, the snake finding religion. And he calls him a piece of trash get that piece of trash out of here. I mean, he was great. He's an, he's an all time heel. Um, okay. My last thing uh, to talk to you about that has absolutely nothing to do with wrestling. Uh, but I want to get a plug in here for you is knocking point. What other wines do we have coming out? I love that you have a wine company. I love that you do different 
lines. You've got like your, what is it? The like pink wine for men or pink wine for dudes <laughs> for dudes. Yeah. Started off as apex rosé, but on the back it said pink wine for dudes. And everyone started just, people were just calling it pink wine for dudes. So it's, oh, all right. Yeah. So I have a wine coming out. It's a red. It's going to be available on the 1st of August. It's called Kayfabe. Oh, perfect. I love that. Which is the title of our first episode. And we got an awesome photo of me from all in when I'm, I'm laying on the ground with a broken table wrapped around me from when <laughs> I tried to drop the elbow on Christopher Daniels yeah. and he miraculously moved out of the way at the last <laughs> moment. <laughs> and um, so we have that coming out. And uh, I think that we, we've got some good collaborations coming up. And uh, the, the cool thing that's happening with Knocking Point, we've got a new wine called NPX1, where we're getting into the, the business of flow codes and people unlocking experiences. And what is a flow code? I don't know what that means. You know, like the QR code that you scan now for menus. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, so we're, so we have a wine lab, We have a wine now that, that has a QR code on it, flow code, QR code, how, what do you call them? And, um, we're just sort of like trying to unlock the experience and, I mean, we're the official wine of sports now. It's trademarks and everything. Wow. Yeah. So like we started a partnership with the Cleveland Cavaliers and we did another partnership with the, uh, this is a great name, the Corvallis Suites. Okay. <laughs> uh, they're a minor league baseball team. So we, we've got a, We've got a couple more of those partnerships coming down, coming down the line, but it, it, it started off as something that Drew and I were doing. And then uh, you know, over the, he's really taken the reins in terms of the company building. Not really. He has taken the reins in terms of company building because, you know, it, it, at its core, it is still something where if we come up with an idea, it makes the two of us laugh and it has good wine attached to it, then it's good. But it's an actual company now with like employees and a board (laughs) and, um, uh, we actually, and we've taken on some, some, uh, some investment as well. Uh, and just sort of trying to create an influencer board actually with some people in the, in the wrestling business. So I think that there are going to be some, um, some good tie-ins and, uh, yeah, I'm very, I'm very, very proud of it. I just, it's, uh, it's been a process of me not stepping back, but it's to the point now where it's like, I'm glad that we started it. I'm glad that it's happening, but I am trying to be an actor. Like that's, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm trying to do. Sure. So, and Drew understands, Drew understands that too. It's like, look, man. I, I'm not necessarily going to have time for an hour call every Tuesday at 11 o'clock. Cause I'm usually I'm on mm-hmm. set or I'm doing press. And so it's good. Well, I can't wait to check out more of your wine. Heels is coming out August 15th. Everybody's got to check that out coming out on stars. I'm so excited for you jumping into another television series, like an absolute badass. Just like, just like we drew it up. Just like we drew Drop it up. those plans. Uh, well, thanks for hopping on with me. Thank you for always being so, uh, so great to me throughout my career. You've always been someone that I've been able oh. to kind of lean on for stuff. So appreciate you, buddy. Sunday, August 15th at 9 PM. Get the stars app. Subscribe. If you're in Canada, get crave. All right. I'll talk to you soon, dude. Thank you, Renee. A big thank you to Stephen for joining me on Oral Sessions. He's somebody that I've wanted to have on the show for some time. So everything worked out. Getting him on. We've got heels to promote. Make sure you guys check that out. Sunday, August 15th, 9 p.m. on Stars. That is Crave for all of you up in Canada. So make sure you download those apps. Check out the show. Let him know what you think of it. Whether you're a wrestling fan or not, um, I feel like this is a show that people can definitely sink their teeth into. And like I said in the intro, just some, some really great characters, great dynamics. 
And it's on stars, which means it can be a little risque, which is how I like my television to be. Uh, all right, guys, make sure to follow uh, me on Instagram and Twitter at Renee Paquette. I feel like if you're listening to the show, maybe you already do, but I'm just going to say that anyways. Maybe you don't. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, and check out at the volume sports on Instagram and Twitter, because we've got all sorts of other shows on the volume that might perk your interest. Uh, other sports that we're talking about lots happening in the sports world right now. So get those likes, subscribes, turn on those notifications, check everything out. And also uh, check out my YouTube page. Also just under my name, Renee Paquette, because all of these interviews go up as the, the video version in case you want to see our faces while we talk to each other on zoom. All right. I'll talk to you guys next time on oral sessions.